The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now, here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. I'm calling the angels down. I'm storming the gates of hell. Tell the devil he don't own my soul. I'm taking back what the enemy stole. Welcome back. It is show number two. And no, we are not going to spend our lives numbering the shows. But this is the second show of the brand new The View from a Pew. Now, we're still going to have programs where the question asked is, what does the Bible say about blank? That's still the most important thing I hope this ministry will continue to do. And, of course, we've got Theo and the Roman Road every single Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the morning. But remember that all of these programs, all of these sessions are always available free of charge for you. We've always been on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. We've always been on YouTube, which is a really cool deal. We have not always been, but are now, as of the first of the year, we're on 25 pod sites. All you have to do is go to your favorite pod site, put in the view from a pew. That's, it'll always be that. Even the Roman Road and Take It Back, which is the new show we're starting today, you always uh, search for the view from a pew. Now, the new show has a uh, uh, theme I want you to listen to for just a second. I want you to hear how this Christian artist, at least for me, says it just the way I feel it. It's heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now, here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. I'm calling the angels down. I'm storming the gates of hell. Tell the devil he don't own my soul. I'm taking back what the enemy stole. I'm raising the battle cry. I'm holding the banner What the enemy stole. And just like that singer sang, uh, you got to have the Holy Spirit inside of you to battle anything you do with Satan. And uh, it's pretty easy to recognize where Satan is. Just ask yourself, would God do that? Is God in charge of that little child getting cancer? Is God uh, in charge of, uh, of Bob and uh, Joyce who went through a horrible marriage, ended in the marriage, and hurt all the kids? No, it's Satan that's driving that boat. And one of the things we're going to cover on this new show called Take It All Back, we're going to list and talk about the things that, Satan, you're going to give back. You're going to give it to us. Because there is a day coming when you are done. And we'll do... 
how do I say this, will always be biblically correct. If for some reason you don't think we are, I really want to hear from you. And that's the view from a pew. I'm sorry, back up. It's Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at the view from a pew, and we'd love to hear from you. All right, my special guest today for our number two show is Craig. He is the uh, pastor at uh, Water's Edge at 196 and Harrison. And we're talking about some of the different ways I would say everybody is going to have one of these. Oh, for sure. Most of us, actually, all of us will have more than one, I'm guessing. Okay. So read the um, – where do you want to start here? Well, I mean, we looked at uh, – you know, so it's division among people. It's any type of compulsion or addiction. Um, you know, we could look at materialism, uh, temptation. Fear is going to be a huge one. It would be cool to look at fear. Uh, there's false teachings, uh, destructive relationships, and I really think one that would be great to hit is this whole idea of distraction and busyness because we live in a culture that is just so busy and so distracted. Yeah, and you, you went through some good things here. Uh, materialism yeah, was something that I had to work on for myself, and I still do, but I would call that an idol, something you put above God. Oh, for sure. I think there's so many of us that think if we live in the right house, if we drive the right car, if we wear the right shoes, carry the right bag, then people will accept us, people will think highly of us, and... There, then our goal becomes pleasing people and not pleasing God, because we're already accepted and we're already beloved by God. He provides our needs. Um, it's just sometimes there's such a huge discrepancy between our wants and our actual needs, and these things, this stuff, uh, becomes our idols. Well, I know that before Jesus mugged me, everything you mentioned was more important to me than almost anything. Yeah where I lived, what it looked like, what I drove, how I dressed. And it's really interesting. I'm sure you've probably seen that um, little play where Jesus has got the chisel and he's knocking off the character defects. Mm -hmm. And he gets to this one and you go, no, 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 I, I want to keep that. I want to keep that. Yeah. Well, I had always driven um, expensive, fancy cars because I, I liked the way people looked at it when yeah. they saw it. Mm -hmm. And this last year, I know you know this, I had a horrible car accident. Yeah. I didn't get a scratch. And I thought, well, this is a time to get that idol of an expensive car off my back and, and show to myself that Jesus is more important than the name Jaguar or Mercedes-Benz. Mm -hmm. So I bought a Subaru. Yeah. And I think that's the most, uh, uh, <laughs> it's the most reasonable purchase I've ever made for four wheels underneath me. <laughs> and everybody has to deal with these type of things. And addictions, you talked about that. That's, boy, he's got that one nailed. Well, especially like, you know, I mean, I would love if like my absolute last thought at night was about God and my very first thought in the morning were about God. But what an addiction and a compulsion will do is your last thought is going to be about what you're addicted to. Your first thought is yep. what you're going to, I mean, who, who are you going to bet on today? How are you going to make the money? Um you know, what are you going to drink to take the pain away? What type of, uh, you know, pill are you going to do to, you know, remove you from reality? And when those <laughs> when those things become our first thoughts, not God, um, that's when Satan wins. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine, long friend of mine, and uh, he's successful, I don't know, 32 years sober. Oh, wow. And he said he still wakes up every morning mm. 
Well, can I do it today? Yeah. I mean, 32 years times 365 days, that's 900 and some days. No, 9,000 and some days. But every morning, he's got to remind himself, and he prays. Yeah, I think when you get to that place of recovery, like that is like Satan's worst nightmare. Yeah. Because uh, all of a sudden, your life is defined by grace and also by dependency on God, I think. You know, the the 12 steps, one of them is just you're letting go and you're letting God. And you're saying, God, I'm fully trusting in you. And I love in the recovery community um, when they would say, like, you know, someone would ask, like, well, can I be clean for the rest of my life? Can I be sober for the rest of my life? I said, well, you don't know, but can you do it for 24 more hours? Yeah. And it's just that total real-time dependence on God that Satan absolutely hates. One day at a time, and that's not just a TV show from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing is with some of these things that we were talking about, and I, th- I know I've heard you talk about this, but I'm, gonna, I'm asking a question here. So did God create us to have a hole where he wants to live inside of us? But it's up to us to open the door. Oh, yeah, there's that first in Revelation. Uh- I think it's in Revelation. Yes, yeah, in Revelation, where uh, Jesus says, "You know, I, I stand at the door, I knock," um, and it's like it's our job. Whether we, he's knocking, like that's yeah. that's his that's his grace, like that's saying, "Like let me into your life." I saw a painting of that verse once, and it was really interesting. So Jesus was knocking on the door, and on the outside of the door, there wasn't a handle. Yeah, like he couldn't. Yes, he couldn't do that. So we're the ones that have the handle on the inside. Yeah, and like yeah, I'll tell you what. When I and I t- I've talked about this before. I'm 53 years old, and when I have lived my life according to the scriptures, when I've lived my life in close fellowship with God, I can honestly look back on every one of the 53 years and say I've never once regretted that. Mm. I've never once regretted living according to God's word, his principles. I've never once regretted being in close fellowship with God. Now, where I've messed up is when I've uh, succumbed to some of these temptations, Um, when I've allowed Satan um, to rob and steal and destroy and not embrace and live out the abundant and eternal life that Jesus came to give us. Yeah, that reminds me so much of, um, and I know you and I have had this conversation before, but everybody thinks we have free will. Yeah. There's God's will, Satan's will, but Mm -hmm. oh, wait, I got my own. Yeah. And I don't like that term. I say that we've got... um, We've got a sinful nature because in the fact of the matter is there's God's will and there's everything else. Yeah, so to some extent we do have the free will, but to some extent we don't because uh, once we have an addiction, we no longer have free will. Right. Um, Our life is controlled around looking at an image or drinking some type of fluid. You know, once we really embrace, like, consumerism and materialism, um, we no longer have free will because – our brain, our lives are telling us that we have to have more, and if we have more, we're going to be happy. And that that promise is always going to over-promise and under-deliver. You know, you were talking a few minutes ago about 53 years old. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you don't regret one day since you've been following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that, and I'm going to work on that. Because I, on the outside, I would tell you that that's how I feel. 
Since Jesus mugged me, July of uh, 2010, I have not regretted not regretted being in his arms and in his love. Oh, I've made some stupid mistakes. Yeah. But I knew I was still lovable. I knew he didn't uh, yeah. push me out of the world. That's good. The, the other thing that happened the other day, I was visiting another church, and the pastor asked the question, who do you hate? Mm-hmm. And I just want to give you some time here to think about that. Who do you hate? Yeah. And in the silence of my thinking, I thought, I don't hate anybody. Yeah. But boy, I did 15 years ago. Oh, it's, hate is a terror. I mean, hate is, hate is from Satan. Yeah. Um, I don't have to agree with uh, everybody, but like to actually hate somebody, that just messes you up. Right. Um, you know, like it, it raises your pulse, it puts knots in your stomach, it occupies your, you're giving someone else basically free rent in your brain. Yep. And that's exactly what Satan does because when there's hate among you and other people, it's going to be so much more difficult to fully love God and to fully love those who are close to you. Well, and it takes so much more energy to to hate yeah. than it does just to say I forgive you. Oh gosh, yeah, it's, uh, that's why. I mean, so like you know, when I was talking about when I do successfully follow Jesus, I've never regret that. And you know, Jesus says like, uh, uh, pray for those who love your enemies and and pray for those who persecute you. And the reason that Jesus says that is because he knows that hate is from Satan, and he knows that. When we hate, Satan wins, and uh, we lose. Yep. You know, we're the ones who lose. Well, we've got a whole list of stuff that we're going to cover when uh, Craig can join us again. Uh, Again, this is The View from a Pew. That's the overall uh, story, uh, or I'm sorry, ID for uh, all the ministry I do on the radio. But we're for 24, we're starting something brand new. I guess it's my New Year's resolution. Gosh, I guess I do have one. Yeah. <laughs> I want to help people understand that you are fine. You are loved. Jesus loves you. You are not what you do. Flip Wilson had it right. The devil made you do it. Mm. Now, you got to take responsibility for it. I have to. We all do. But hopefully we'll learn about spiritual warfare, and I don't mean witches and, uh, uh, witches and the board. Ouija board. Uh, I mean that your choice to curb your sinful nature and try to stand closer to Jesus. I'm Mac McCoy. We will see you next time right here. You can always find us on all the podcast sites, 25 of them. You can find us on YouTube, all of the uh, sites. Just search for The View from a Pew, and we'll have a big surprise for you coming here by the end of the month. Uh, We're going to have our own Roku channel. Mm. Uh, There are individual ministries that have Roku channels, but what I'm trying to build is a channel where anybody who's got a podcast, Uh, on Christianity, anybody who's got a webcast, you get that to me, and I'll put it on the Roku channel, and we'll try to build this non-denominational, non-church-specific channel where people can find love, uh, they can find God, uh, they can follow Jesus and serve others. I'm Mac McCoy. If I haven't told you lately, I love my job. Love my job, and I couldn't do it without you. So remember, Satan is real. But you can kick his butt. Just ask for the Holy Spirit to be a part of that. And he will. Where you'll find more.